Good evening, friends. We can do better than that. Good evening, friends. It is so good to be with you today. My name is Ann Jacob, and I serve as one of the co-pastors here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. And we are really grateful for all of you joining in person and all of you joining online. Would you be willing to turn around and humor me and wave at the folks who are joining at that back camera? Hello, hello. From near and far, we are grateful that you are all joining us. As we gather on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish people tonight, we just want to acknowledge that we are people who side with love. We hope that this vigil today will be an opportunity for us to collectively offer that through speaking, through poetry, through music, through ritual. You'll notice that you have some colorful ribbon in your program. Uh, we'll participate in a collective ritual of writing uh, later in the program, and so if you're curious about that, you can also use it as something to have in your hand if you need that. A few housekeeping notes for today. Uh, we have ASL interpretation to my left. If you in particular need ASL interpretation and would like to be seated closer to the front, our first row is reserved for that. And in particular, we wanna thank Edmonds Unitarian Universalist Church for offering paid ASL interpretation today uh, as a community partner with us today. If you need restrooms, uh, you may go to the back and take a left. There are ushers who can guide you to the restrooms and you may use them as you need. If you need a place, a moment uh, to yourself, our chapel is open uh, and there is water and granola bars. Uh, if there is medical assistance needed, please go to the chapel and there are ushers there to help you access the help you need. If you would prefer streaming this, uh, rather than being in the space for any reason, we have overflow capacity that is in our library, and that'll be back and to the left, and the ushers will help you find that. We do have media here tonight recording, um, and reporters seated among the audience covering this vigil tonight, um, and we do wanna share with you that we will be recording this for archival purposes in our library. We have several elected officials with us today, um, and if you are in the audience, some of you are seated towards the front, I'd invite you to stand up uh, so that we might acknowledge you. Thank you for your solidarity. Thank you for your commitment to the LGBTQIA community. We are really grateful for your presence here today. We have curated some music today uh, that hopefully will offer a sense of hope and justice uh, and a sense that love always wins. Um, and our vigil choir is composed of area church members and choir members from around the area who have gathered to offer this music. And so we are grateful for the ways in which you will lead us today. And finally, we have several of you, interfaith leaders, clergy in our midst. Um, thank you for your solidarity from your various communities. Um, this uh, is possible, this movement of love and reconciliation is possible through your leadership in, in the various places you are serving. And so thank you so much for being here. And finally, friends, 
May this be a time where you feel replenished, where you feel inspired, where you feel convicted to go and do this work of justice. And so I invite you into this place of rest. Let us pray. O Holy One, bringer of life and light and inspiration for our love, we gather tonight as people wounded by hate, yet healed by love. We gather in gratitude for one another and for your presence with us. We know there are many communities where acts of hatred are far too common. We stand in solidarity with our siblings in black communities and churches, synagogues and mosques, and all who live under threat of violence in word and in action. God, at times it is easy to feel helpless in the face of illogical, unreasonable bigotry and downright hate. Do not abandon us in helplessness and do not let us give in to fear. Remind us of our own power and the power of love, which can turn the world right side up. Threats may not wane, dangers are not imagined. Yet in the midst of all that is hateful, you ground us in love. You give yourself to us in the utterance of fear not, so we do not fear because we know you are with us, and we are together siding with love. In the name of all that is holy, we pray. Amen. Amen. It's our joy to have uh, the mayor of the city of Edmonds, Mike Nelson, with us, and we invite Mayor Mike to offer a few words. Thank you, Pastor Jacob. Um, I'm here tonight to share with you some truths, and I know uh, a lot of us are here because of what had happened. And I think, um, so there's a couple things. First, uh, our country's history, and, and unfortunately it should come as no surprise, has struggled with hate. Uh, recently I saw this panel of experts that got together by the American Medical Association and they shared some insights about the health and well-being of Americans who identify as both black and LGBTQIA+. But one of the doctors was actually not talking about medical issues that struck me. It was something he was saying about the writing of our Constitution. And he said, quote, there was in that room signing things one race, one sexual orientation, one gender. He goes to say, quote, in this country, we have been guided to oppress anything except for that one race, one sexual orientation, and one gender identity, unquote. Hundreds of, year hundreds of years later, the struggle continues in all manner of our lives, work, play, home, school, government, business, hospitals, religion. The second truth I want to sh share with you and Pastor Jacob mentioned this, we must call it out, but in all forms, whether it's overt or subtle, it causes the same amount of harm. For example, just seven hour drive from here, 
Last week, a bill was signed into law by a governor that will limit schools from punishing students who deliberately misgender their fellow non-binary and trans transgender classmates. What message are they sending our children? That it's okay to harass transgender kids? Those of us in positions of power play a role in either perpetuating hate or stopping hate. Already 15 states have passed laws barring transgender kids from playing sports in their lived genders. Three states have put in laws on the books to prevent trans kids from accessing care recommended by major medical associations. Two have outlawed mentioning of LGBTQ plus history or people for young, for young kids in public schools. My friends, whether it is a hate-filled flyer or a hate-filled law, the harm is universally understood. You are made to feel unwelcome, less than, afraid. We must rally against those who sneak around in the night leaving hateful messages, and we must stand up to those who in the broad daylight have been given a green light to demean, to humanize, to spread fear. Number three, truth I want to share with you is thankfully we outnumber them. We outnumber these haters, which is wonderful, but there's a but. But why does hate have such an impact? You know, you know when you've had a positive experience where you get the praise for something, but then that one negative experience always sticks with you, right? In public office, that happens all the time. <laughs> um, that's not just you. There's actual decades of research that shows that negative interactions in our lives have up to five times the psychological impact of one positive interaction. So think about that. Hate is five times more damaging than one act of love. We need five times the amount of positive experiences just to level the playing field. A hateful act can't be balanced out with one act of love. So we must not just double down or quintuple down, which is five, I didn't remember that, uh, our spreading of love. Our expressions of love must be endless. Anthropologist Margaret Mead said, quote, our humanity rests upon a series of learned behaviors woven together in patterns that are infinitely fragile and never directly inherited. What she's saying is we're not born to hate, we learn it. So we can learn to hate or we can learn to love. The choice is ours. Woven together are those strands of learned behavior that can form a bond of all races, of all genders, of all orientations. Yes, it's a fragile bond because it's constantly under threat by those who wish to tear those strands apart. Every generation must do our part to keep that wave, that weave of our humanity together. And I will just conclude with these final, this final thought. In these times, as hard it may seem, I am hopeful because I see you, all of you, here. Our collective acts are weaving together love. We just need to show it every single day of every single hour. Don't give up. Rise up for our humanity. Rise up for the compassion. Rise up for those who are too afraid. Our past was littered with hate. But know this, our future will be written with your love. Thank you.
You may be seated. We're grateful for our interfaith partners and for representation from Temple De Hirsch to Sinai today, and we welcome Rabbi Daniel to come up. It is a heavy-hearted honor to stand with you in loving support of your community. Despite this moment emerging from our shared experience with hateful vandalism. But our faithful presence here this evening bears powerful witness to the depth of our resilient spirits, the breadth of our love for one another, and the endurance of our convictions that it is upon us to forge a better, brighter world. The word is foundational in both of our traditions. God brought reality forth when uttering, Yehi or, let there be light. God was revealed to the Jewish people in the indelible text of Torah. And that word was made real for Christians in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And so, we are even more devastated and disillusioned when words are wielded as cudgel by the sinister and the soul-sick to wound, to intimidate, and to skew our sense of our place in this world. But these words are but chaff in the wind when cleared away by the calls of concern and abundant support we both received from the greater community the vast majority of whom shared testimony of care and compassion, filling our eyes with perspective and our hearts with a security that renders such acts of hate and heartlessness moot and meaningless. Let us move beyond the fears of the moment, the wavering uncertainties that these malicious acts and malign actors wish to instill in us. For we are blessed in our path and our place in the world. We are resolved in our mission and our purpose in this world. And we are inspired by our dreams and our vision for this world, imbued with God's divine imprint, affirmed through the works of our hands and the will of our hearts, and forever rooted in our inexorable faith in the bending ark of a just creation. Can you hear Ratzon? May this be God's will. And let us say, Amen. We have a poet from Olympia joining us who is a little late in traffic. And so we will continue in our program and welcome them when they arrive later in our program. And so I'll invite our county executive for Snohomish County, Dave Summers, to come and offer a few words. Thank you, Pastor. And I'm so thankful and grateful for being invited to participate tonight. And I'm happy to be here and also sad to be here tonight with you all. I know you all know that when any individual is traumatized it's important for us to join them in solidarity and when there are attempts to harass and intimidate entire communities it's even more important that we gather together and show that our compassion 
Understanding and love are the antidote to this poison. We should not be naive. We live in a time full of challenges when hatred has multiple platforms for infecting and mobilizing others. Of course, there's an abundance of good in our community, and we see it every day, including right here this evening. But we must understand that these kind of, the kind of acts on our family and friends are intended to drive us apart. They're intended to make us respond with hate and anger. They are intended to build up the worst in humanity. But we must not fall for it. Like you, I stand with our LGBTAQIA community. Whenever and whatever the intention of those who distributed the flyers, we will continue to make Snohomish County a welcoming place for us all. Whenever evil is expressed, the proper response is love and forgiveness. And the people here today exemplify those values. I commend everyone here for standing with the Edmonds United Methodist Church, Kirkland Holy Spirit Lutheran Church, and all who were harmed by these actions, and we were all harmed by them. When we are strong and united, we will continue to move forward. There are so many areas of need in our community. People are dying every day across the region from fentanyl. Families don't have enough to eat. The housing market has forced record numbers of people onto the streets. In each of these instances, our faith community has been acting with love to help others. And yet others who want to sow hate and try to drain us of our humanity persist. We won't let them win. I will continue to use every power I have to build up our community and those who live here. And in June, I look forward to celebrating Pride Month with our LGBTQIA community and their allies. We all know that the antidote to darkness is light and the antidote to hate is love. So thank you for letting me share these moments with you. invite uh, Luna Delight, poet, artist, drag performer, to offer their first poem, The Community We Paint. Thank you all for having me. As um, Anne stated, the community repaint is the first poem I'll be sharing. Textured layered canvases do not shine the same light when coated with the matte finish over glossy eyes of expectations. The position of the focus determines what is seen through the eyes of perception. Where do you stand on community in its inception or its unidentified end? Are you centered, grounded? Are you grounded and therefore centered? Are you ready to cultivate the foundation, embody the vulnerability required for viable operation and willing to obtain the knowledge from others who know that even when the smallest bloom falls amongst the smallest stream, its vibration is colored in the healing and travels to the depths of the largest sea? What hue paints your future? 
All are needed to foster the balance you are seeking. The balance of community lies within a maze of complex blends of heartbeats of strangers hanging onto others' words, listening for the frequency of connection amongst future textured layers of combined consciousness, shining within dark skies, and trust. Trust where you plant your feet, your roots will tie your position to the earthly soil to lock in your view. Trust to see a different side, a different layer, a different texture amongst the community and where you stand, your mind must extend past all previous expectations. Trust the painted picture will be covered in colors of compassion. Thank you.
We're grateful for uh, Savannah Steele being here as a representative from Representative uh, Suzanne Dalbene's office, and we invite her to offer uh, words from the representative. Thank you. Um, the Congresswoman couldn't be here this evening, but Congresswoman Delbene uh, did want to, to provide a statement and send her support uh, and stand in solidarity with the community tonight. So I'll read just a brief quote from her. From passing non-discrimination to marriage equality legislation, Washington has long been at the vanguard of protecting LGBTQIA rights. We said decisively that hate has no place in our community. Incidents like the ones in Edmonds and Kirkland remind us that we must keep saying it and standing up for members of the LGBTQ plus IA community. Washington is welcoming to all and shameful acts like this do not reflect the character of our state. And also I'd like to just say um, as a Edmonds uh, community member myself, uh, it's a privilege to work for the Congresswoman who is a big advocate for for LGBTQ plus rights. Um, my partner and my fiance is in the audience tonight. Um, and it means the world uh, that the community members from across the region are, are here tonight showing support. Uh, it can make all the difference uh, in the world. So thank you so much. We also have Representative State Senator Menko with us, and we invite you to come and offer a few words. We side with love. What a powerful message we as a community are sending tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you here today. My name is Manka Tingra. I'm the uh, Deputy Majority Leader of the Washington State Senate. Hate crimes do more than in affect individual victims. They make whole communities feel unsafe and unwelcome. And hate has no place in our society. As a senior deputy prosecuting attorney, I first got involved in addressing hate crimes after 9-11 when the sick cab driver was assaulted in Seattle. And after that, in 2016, we saw a rise in um, hate crimes against Muslim and um, Sikh and Indians. We saw a rise in hate crimes against LGBTQ plus individuals all across our country. Communities, whole communities made to feel unwelcome. And more and more, we see the politics of tribalism, misinformation, and mistrust happening around us. And when we see that hate and that fear and that division walking around unafraid, it can be scary, it can be depressing, and it can hurt. But even in the face of all of these attacks, we don't lose courage. And do you know why? It's because of our community. What I have learned from our community over and over again is that when we are attacked with fear, divisiveness, dishonesty, and hate, we respond with love. We respond with integrity, honesty, and a commitment to solving problems together. And that's why the most powerful response is to come together and say, as a community, 
This is not going to tear us apart. This is going to be a moment where we join together and say that love is more powerful than hate. And as a state senator, let me tell you that our, uh, our legislature is committed to ensuring that we are preventing hate crimes and that we're supporting our communities. Even though there is a, a rise in hate crimes across the country, we are making progress. And that progress is because of each and every one of you here. Look around. We're all here together as one community. White, black, brown, elected officials, law enforcement, community leaders, young, old, people from all different backgrounds. We're standing up and coming together. There's trust in our partners, there is belief that each and every one of us belongs, and there is strength in numbers. Hate will neither defeat us nor define us, and it will not be endured. Each of us coming together here makes for a stronger, better community. Now is the time to unite against the kind of abhorrent acts that happen here and the beliefs that inspire them. Nobody who calls Washington home should live in fear because of who they are, how they're perceived, who they love, or what part of the world they or their families belong to. Thank you so much for being here together in community. And we invite Luna to offer a poem, a pause request. did just have it open. <laughs> okay. This is a call to my free spirit. Transform me. Transform me into a being vulnerable enough to accept the whispered comfort of the dance of hanging flowers. Let them lead me into a sway, a gentle embrace. Let them pull me into a curve full of fragrance, progressing in present time. Let them catch my weary heart. Oh, free spirit, guide me to let listen to this vessel, to make my run a walk, my walk a pause. Let me replenish my body with clear waters, reflecting the depths of colors and blended simplicity. Let me honor the space between a breath, accept the silence between thoughts, and bask in the radiance of grounded stillness. Oh, free spirit, let me feel truly free. Thank you. As we acknowledge our uh, ecumenical partners in the room, we also acknowledge that uh, Holy Spirit Lutheran Church was also uh, one of our uh, sibling congregations who received these hate-filled flyers. And we have Bishop Shelley Brian Wee with us uh, from the Lutheran Church, and we invite you to offer some words.
It is an honor to be here today. I want to thank uh, Pastor Anne and Pastor Donna and Pastor Katie for, for uh, this event that we can come together and stand together. There's a scripture that I've been reading a lot this uh, past year, and it's from the prophet Isaiah. In the prophet Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 17, we hear, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Isn't that what we're all called to do and to be? All of us here, all of us gathered here, all of the people who are walking their dogs outside in Edmonds, <laughs> all of the people at the waterfront, all of the people still stuck on I-5 <laughs> who hoped to be here today, all of us, all of us are called to do and to be what the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 1, verse 17. And we hear that because we are all, every single one of us, all of you, we are made in the image of God. In the beautiful diversity of God. And God doesn't make one thing and say, well, that was a good oak tree. I think that's all I'm going to do for trees. <laughs> Nor does God do that for humanity. In our wonderful, amazing diversity, God says, you, you, you are mine, and I love you. You are made in my image. I confess as a pastor and as a bishop in the Lutheran Church and as a representative of the Christian Church that we have not always lived out this promise that God has made. There are Christians throughout history who have not looked at everyone and said, you are loved. And so I stand here and I say, that is not the word of God. That is not who God is. And that is not who we are as we gather together because we know that when God first formed this world, when God first formed humanity, when God continues over and over to be with us and walk with us and journey with us and love each one of us, God says, you are mine and I love you. And I am so glad that we don't just have one oak tree, God says. Because as much as I love oak trees, I also love, what other kind of trees are there? Right? 
And that's what God says about people too, because how boring would it be? And so thank you for being here. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for, for, for showing that love does win. And may we always remember these words from Isaiah. Let us pray. God, our healer and refuge, we pray for all who suffer from violence in words and in actions. With your mercy, bind up our wounds, restore our bodies, and heal our hearts. Comfort those who grieve and embrace the lonely. And with your might, empower us to change this broken world. Make us advocates for a stable society, alive with hope in you. And together, we stand and live for love for all people made in your image. Amen. During the next anthem, as the vigil choir sings, I invite you uh, for the ribbon that you have uh, in your bulletin to take it out, or if you have it in your hand, to hold it. And um, you were probably given a pen with your bulletin. If you don't have one, um, the ushers will bring it to you if you raise your hand. And I invite you during the next anthem to write onto the ribbon with your pen, a message of hope, a message of love, a message of encouragement for the community. And as a visible witness to our neighbors and this community, we will be tying these ribbons on the trees outside by the road uh, for it to blow in the wind and offer a sense of hope and love and a sense of encouragement to all who drive by this property. And so I invite you during the song to write down your words. And as you leave the vigil at the end, there'll be glass bowls around, uh, and I'll invite you to drop the ribbons into those bowls.
We're grateful for our community partners uh, in the room and in particular for uh, Elaine Helm being here with us as part of the Edmonds Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Accessibility Commission as well as a board member of Cocoon House. And so I invite you to offer a few words. Good evening. My name's Elaine Helm. My pronouns are she, her. I am the chair of the Edmonds Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility Commission. I know that's a mouthful. You can just say DEIA. We told the city council that that would be easy enough for folks to remember. Um, <laughs> it's a volunteer group uh, for the city. I'm also a board member for Cocoon House, which is a nonprofit that's breaking the cycle of homelessness for youth in Snohomish County. I'd like to share some of my reasons for serving in these volunteer roles and give you a call to action to find your own ways to get involved. My wife and I got married at the Edmond City Courthouse just a few blocks from here, right down the road when we contacted the court to set up our wedding, the judge told us we would be the first same-sex couple to marry there. I don't know if that's true, but it felt good. Uh, the court staff was so excited, they asked if they could sit in and witness our ceremony alongside our group of family and friends. This was uh, December 2012, which was shortly after the passage of Referendum 74 which brought marriage equality to our state. Growing up in Washington several decades ago, I had queer representation in my life, and even some in the media, thanks to Ellen. Uh, <laughs> my family was openly inclusive of LGBTQ people, although probably just LGB at that point, in our awareness. Um, but I didn't imagine a world in which the life I live today would be possible. I didn't see myself raising a family with another woman. So this is one of the reasons I'm so open about my identity in my everyday life. My gay agenda, if you will, is to be the example I wish I had. A dear friend once used the term casual queerness to describe the inclusion of queer characters in a movie without their sexuality or gender identity being central plot points. And I've adopted that phrase to describe how I move through my life, exhibiting casual queerness at work. Although probably not today wearing this shirt. Um, <laughs> exhibiting casual queerness on the sidelines of youth soccer games many, many youth soccer games, at the gym, in social media, anywhere and everywhere, to normalize being a queer person in the world. I have the privilege of being white, of my body and my gender expression matching the assumptions people make about my pronouns. These things make it easier for me to choose when my queer identity becomes a central plot point. Many people in our community don't have that choice. 
Because I'm involved with Cocoon House, and because I'm a parent, I often think about what it's like growing up today. Young people deserve to see what's possible in their lives. They deserve to encounter people who look like them, love like them. For LGBTQIA kids and young adults, it's a matter of life and death. The messages they get bombarded with every day show them they don't deserve to exist. It is an existential crisis. Here in liberal Washington state, in our friendly little town, it may feel to some of you like those threats are at a distance. Thank you. <laughs> you may feel the same way about racism, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Those things happen somewhere else, not here. But the events that bring us here today show us that they're closer than we'd like to think. And the examples go beyond flyers on our windshields. Nationwide, 7% of youth identify as LGBTQIA. About 40% of youth experiencing homelessness identify as LGBTQIA. That data is consistent here, too among the thousands of youth Cocoon House interacts with each year. Why are these young people ending up without a safe, welcoming place to call home? There are many reasons, but the most common among LGBTQIA youth is rejection because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. This is happening here. I'm so thankful that Cocoon House exists to support these young people. And I know that it takes all of us to help the youth in our community feel safe and loved for who they are. It takes all of us to preserve their access to the healthcare they need. It takes all of us to ensure they can enjoy participating in sports or performing arts. It takes all of us to make a future where they can imagine themselves not merely existing, but thriving. We can counteract the hate and hopelessness acting against us, but it requires visible, consistent, sustained action. I challenge all of us to take action. Start with your own family and friends, with the places that you work, with the places you worship, with the places you find community. Being a part of this vigil today is a start, Find one of the organizations here today and get involved. Within your means, give them your time, your talent, or your treasure. Take the feelings that brought you here and turn them into your next steps. Then keep going. Thank you. We're grateful to have uh, Mitch Hunter with us today from Gen Pride uh, from Seattle. Thank you for being here, Mitch, and we're excited to hear your words. Hi, my name is Mitch Hunter. 
I'm here representing a pile of people. So not just Jen Pride, uh, which is the LGBTQIA plus senior um, living and community center in Seattle, but also Seattle Men's Chorus, Seattle Unity, where I am a member. And I'm an activist and advocate for the trans, non-binary, gender, expansive community and have been for about 20 years. Uniqueness and diversity is baked into our universe. Um, I connect with both uh, Reverend Shelley and also Elaine, we're thinking about we're all stardust. We're all the same. We're vibrant bundles of energy, vibrating, interconnected to every living being around us and through collective, unco uh, through collective consciousness, excuse me, connected before we even were and as we are now and all that we are to become. We're the same, we're a cosmic thread, an energy web woven beneath the ground, connecting in survival network, like all the trees and the oceans and space and grasses, fungi and singular and multi-celled organisms. The very survival of our species and evolution of becoming depends on our biodiversity. So why is it that it's so scary to be different? <laughs> why, why is uniqueness such a strange concept? Martha Graham, the dancer and choreographer, said it this way. There's a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist in any other medium, and it will be lost. So each one of us has this unique, special, superpower thing we share with the world. Each and every one of us. When we think about um, both our youth, when we think about seniors, the folks I represent, trauma is built into the trans community. It's baked into the trans and non-binary experience, as it is with all other othered communities. And it reveals itself mostly internally to us, socialized as the other as the different one. It, it reveals itself both in this otherness, in an invisibility, um, that we're wrong. Not just what we do is wrong, but who we are fundamentally is wrong. Internalized transphobia, homophobia, survival, and scarcity model versus an abundance model. We're told we're not God's creation, as we've heard already. And we're not allowed to stand out and thrive and really be all that we can be. That's too loud. 
So how do we support people? How do we support folks? Well, belonging is the word that we've heard thrown around, and, and we all throw it around, and words like equity and inclusion, they're important concepts. But according to John A. Powell and Stephen Menadian of Berkeley's Othering and Belonging Institute, neither equality nor inclusion guarantees belonging. There can be no belonging in a society where social and cultural groups are isolated or othered, excluded from key institutions, systems, and infrastructures, or where large disparities exist between these called out groups. Belonging calls for something more. So, Brene Brown talks about it this way. We're all seeking love and belonging on the way to true connection. You know, the opposite of this is this dehumanizing. Dehumanizing is a process, and once we're able to other a group of people as different from ourselves, we move them away from ourselves. And by doing that, we give ourselves permission to shun them, to disagree with them, to argue them with them, and to put them aside. Dehumanizing always starts with language, and it's often followed by images. So that's what was on the posters, lots of language and images. In Braving the Wilderness, Brene Brown describes the book as a call to courage, a call to be present, to move closer, reminding us that people are hard to hate close up. So lean in, lean in. Just like Michelle Obama in her book called Belonging said, people are, are hard to hate right up close. Maybe we all need to lean into that new learning, to deep listening, to digest a bit of the vulnerability shared by those of us in the transgender and gender diverse communities. When it comes right down to it, we're all human, we're all connected, we're all vibrant, vibrating energy bundles. And in order for us to be known, for us to know each other, we have to tell our stories, just like Elaine did for us. So what do we do now? What does it mean to stand with? We said we side with, we stand with, and against hate. Well, Newton's third law of motion talks about for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And evidence is found obviously everywhere, in nature, space, in our relationships, in all of time. So, when it comes down to it, we're energy, we're vibrant, we're bouncing vibrations, but when we push against or resist or fight back, there's gonna be an equal and opposite reaction. They say what you resist persists. And I believe that a way of understanding this law of motion for all of us bundles of vibrant, 
vibrations of energy is that what if we work towards letting this pass? There's a martial arts um, practice called push hands. So when one pushes forward, the person opposite steps back, step out of the way. What it means to stand with is to take the action of drawing in, of leaning in, calling in ideas rather than calling out. Now, the courageous step of continuing to live our lives full out, inviting this kind of dialogue, our deep listening and conversations, means that we all have to step out of our comfort zones. Speaking out, lifting up other voices, paving the way for a platform for others to speak up rather than to speak for them. The trick about this is this isn't just about us as community getting along with each other. This is also about the community that has things to say about us. That's the trick. How do we love all of us? We have to invite that in. We have to invite those conversations, have some deep listening. And that's a scary place. So that's where that courageous uh, vulnerability comes in. So I'm gonna challenge also, like Elaine, I'm gonna challenge everyone. Let's become accomplices and not merely allies. Accomplices indicate an extra degree of action. Things like stay informed about the issues the transgender and gender nonconforming folks face. ACLU is tracking all these anti-LGBTQ bills, anti-transgender bills. At the last count, there were more than 407 that have been introduced throughout the country. Get to know transgender, non-binary, two-spirit, LGBTQIA plus folks. Get to know our stories. It's a website called Outwards, all one word, Outwards, has, collects the stories of elders and um, queer seniors of, of uh, all of us in that I like to call the rainbow um, community, people of the rainbow. Work to stay ahead and informed so that you can spot false information and inflammatory statements that are designed just to create divisiveness, dehumanizing remarks, and hate and support and encourage trans visibility. We just had Trans uh, Day of Visibility, March 31st of every year. Support and encourage that by supporting and encouraging and welcoming gender expansive folks into the kinship of fellow humans with us. So stand with us, support us as we tell our stories and as we live our lives out fully out loud, rather than against, let our action be with, leaning in, calling in. Let's put all of our energies forward to create a rich, diverse, unique, thriving world to live into as fellow human beings.
We're excited to have Courtney Wooten with us, Chair of our Snohomish County Human Rights Commission. And uh, Courtney, please, would you offer a few words? Thank you, Anne. Um, it's good to see some familiar faces here in this room. I uh, want to be clear that I am not speaking on behalf of the Snohomish County Human Rights Commission. I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization I co-founded, the Justice and Faith Collective. I want to speak from my heart as a member of your community. And I want to speak as the founder of SRS3, which houses my consultancy, Suburbia Rising, and also houses stories of self and solidarity, because that's the frame that I want to use tonight, ourselves and our solidarity. My very first experience of the EUMC community was rooted in pain and fear and bigotry. It was the aftermath of the 2016 election, and black, brown, queer, femme, disabled and undocumented people everywhere were starting to reckon with what the future might hold for us. I was one of the many people that EUMC welcomed in to a community-led gathering that would eventually birth the Edmonds Neighborhood Action Coalition, ENAC we call it. It was a reminder that night that fear and anger and sadness can be used to bring us together. I remember on that rainy, dark night, the heavy weight of your doors as I pulled them open, <laughs> and the warmth and the noise of the people inside beckoning and welcoming me in. In this space, we sought to transform our individual fear into collective strength. We sought safety and sanctuary. We opened to each other, we borrowed each other's pens, we built bridges based on curiosity and care. In this space, we managed to do the magic of transmuting anxiety to action. Today, ENAC's work still lives on. It's online, it's at the library down the street at Under the Rainbow, it's in countless volunteer hours, in student spoken word events, in street corner protests, in meet and greets with candidates. It's in book clubs, it's in study groups, it's in friendships that now span states and time zones, and it's in the spirit and the rallying cry that we come out of events like this with. So much good still rippling from that event, that pain. Shortly after ENAC's formation, and I'm sure some of you will remember this, up in the Esperance neighborhood, our neighborhood was hit with anti-Semitic graffiti, swastikas spray painted on fences and garages. Shortly after that, Edmonds made national news because of the nooses that were hung at a construction site and the anti-black slurs that were yelled out of cars. I'm not gonna chronicle all the hate that's happened in our neighborhood or in our county or in our nation, but the full color flyers on the cars here are only a part of the long history of waging war in places of worship. We get targeted individually 
the Jews, the Muslims, the LGBTQ kids, the black folks, the Latinx folks, the unhoused folks. But we are, we must become the epitome of the American ideal of united we stand. When you come for him, you come for me. When you come for them, you come for her. When you come for me, my whole community has my back. We have to come together. And let me be clear that this is all connected. The demonizing of queer folks today comes from the same playbook of demonizing and dehumanizing black and brown men and ending up with them murdered on the streets. The slogans that they use against critical race theory in our school are the same slogans they then take to the library to protest Drag Queen Story Hour. The threats to bodily autonomy for our trans siblings, that's connected to the same fight for reproductive justice. And it's part of the long tradition of disabled folks standing up and advocating for agency. It is all connected. I believe that there is something sacred in solidarity. When we come together in community, we co-create something that is far bigger than any one of us could create individually. It's the space between us, the bridges that we build, that can collectively change the world because they can collectively change us. As soon as I build a bridge to you, I am changed and transformed. As my mentor, John Powell, likes to say, once we build bridges, we widen our horizons, and we build a circle of concern where no one is excluded. Abolitionist geographer Ruth Wilson Gilmore calls us to fight for liberation with creative, sustained aggression. <laughs> it's a lot more than just raising our voices. It's a lot more than even just being here tonight. We must have an uncompromising vision of a world where we all can belong and all do belong, where love can truly win, where the values of justice and liberty are more than simply aspirational, but are lived in our daily interactions. It is as simple as a cold rainy night and sharing a pen. It is as profound as seeing yourself in a stranger. We must be radical and unrestricted in our welcome. The connections we start to build tonight can be a foundation for social change and for ongoing change. Those who benefit from our division and who profit off of bigotry and hate are counting on us only telling the stories of ourselves. They are counting on us failing to find solace in solidarity and being unable to cultivate the belonging we need. So if there is one thing that I can ask of you tonight it would be to make bridge building a daily habit. Seek out the spaces where people are alone and uncomfortable. Be the warmth and the welcome that they need. As they might say in the subway, mind the gap between us. <laughs> Before I leave you, there is a story that's going around online. It's about a barista who's trying to handle a belligerent customer. And the narrator of the story steps out of the line, ignores the, the angry customer, and starts dropping dollars into the tip jar for the barista, <laughs> just thanking them for doing their best. That is one way that we can show solidarity. 
creatively. Our world is loud and angry and belligerent, so our compassion and our kindness must be louder. As Mayor Mike noted in the beginning, we must be five times louder. We have to be uncompromisingly kind and loving. The joy in this moment is that we get to choose. We get to choose the role we play in all of these stories. We get to decide if fear and hate in our community turns us suspicious, makes us want to take up arms against each other and lock our doors, or if the fear turns us towards each other and brings us together like it has here tonight. We decide tonight and every day that we wake up, do we want to transmute our anxiety into action? So I encourage you, be yourself authentically. Love deliberately and fiercely. Cultivate connection and collaboration. And go out and do some good recklessly. Thank you. I invite Luna to offer uh, their final poem, We Are the Existence of Hope. Our infinite beings operate within dimensions of parallel occurrences that embrace illusions time on a finite schedule taking at every heartbeat. We are continuous lines of intersecting crystallized vibrations of memories formed from generations who have crossed these rolling hills. We are one with many voices, dripping rainstorms of opinions on our journey to the horizon we all witness in some way. Under the same moon, we attempt to harmonize our methods to communicate our interpretation of peace, love, and community. Although our understanding is sometimes lost, never to return or found within the eyes of others. We can see outlines of hope that within each action, we learn enough to listen with our hearts. Thank you. As you've heard many times today, we each carry light within us and we get to share it recklessly with a lot of abandon. And so I'll invite Mia and Gigi to come up. As we sing, We Shall Overcome, uh, they will be passing the light to you. And uh, those along the center aisle um, will receive it first. And I invite you to share that light with your neighbor, both as a ritual of acknowledging that that is something we are called to do as people and as a practice to continue in our life. Um, I'll invite you for purposes of not dripping wax all over the floor uh, to hold your candle upright if it is lit and if it is unlit to hold it horizontally to light it from your neighbor. One other note before we sing this next song. You'll find the words and music in your program uh, as with the opening song. And just to not interrupt our ability to sing together, as we move our way through the, the second, third, and fourth verses and sing the new text, 
each verse will always end in the final few measures with the text, we shall overcome someday. blow it out. You may be seated.
I'll invite our interfaith leaders, clergy, who uh, I spoke with to gather along the ramp. Uh, and if our, there are those of you who I did not invite or ask, I invite you to come up anyway. Uh, if you're clergy in the room, we need about 15 of you to accomplish this task. Um, and so we'll offer a closing blessing. Um, and so I think we need a few more. You're out there. I know it. For our closing blessing today, we will be offering one that is interactive. Each one of our interfaith leaders will offer a blessing. And if it resonates with you, I will invite you as you feel led to rise in body or in spirit to stand up. Um, or if you're joining online, you can be however you want to be or in the room, you may remain seated. But I'll invite you to rise in body or spirit when they invite you to. And then the person who is at the lectern offering the blessing will say, holy are you? And I'll invite the entire body gathered to offer the words back, blessed are you? And so I will begin and then hand it off to the next person behind me. For all who are holding sorrow, anger, and grief this evening, rise in body or in spirit. Holy are you, blessed are you. For healthcare workers who provide gender-affirming care that champions bodies, rise in body and spirit. Holy are you, blessed are you. For teachers who affirm and nurture every child's true identity and stand in solidarity with them, rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. For parents whose children are harmed by hate driven policies and laws, rise in body or spirit. Holy are you, blessed are you. For elected officials who work to enact policies and laws that are just and loving, Rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. Blessed are you. For those associated with organizations that work towards liberative justice, rise in body or in spirit. Holy are you. For religious leaders who foster love, tolerance, and civil rights in the world, rise in body or spirit. Holy, 
holy are you. For all who struggle to name, define, redefine, deconstruct, claim, and properly pronoun their fabulousness, rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. For all who live at multiple intersections of identity, rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. For beloveds whose very personhood is subjected to anything other than affirmation, inclusion, and belonging. Rise in body or in spirit. Holy are you. For the children, whose bodies are violated in the creation of hateful media. Rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. Blessed are you. For people starting the new journey of leaning into courageous collective action, Rise in body or spirit. Hey, come on, come on. <laughs> Holy are you. Blessed are you. To those who demonstrate allyship and stand proximate with all the margins, Rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. For those of you who are attending this vigil online in unity with all who are oppressed, rise in body or spirit. Holy are you. Blessed are you. For all who choose to side with love, rise in body and spirit. Blessed are you. Holy are you. Friends, you may be seated. After, uh, after the song that we will be singing, that is more of a chant. And so we will embody the chant of the song. 
Uh, we invite you to stay for a magnificent postlude that our organist Hunja Choi will offer. Uh, and at that point, uh, the vigil will conclude, and we invite you, there are a number of advocacy organizations, PFLAG, Pride of Edmonds, Faith Action Network, just to name a few, who have tables just to the right of our sanctuary space, who would love to connect with you and would love to share ways that we can continue this advocacy at the intersections of so many areas of justice. And so I'll invite you, there are refreshments, cookies, to bribe you to talk to them, <laughs> and uh, water and tea, things you might need uh, for your journey home. And just to say, we are deeply, deeply grateful for your presence here in the room and online, and for the ways in which we get to side with love together and to denounce all forms of hatred against any marginalized group in our community, our state, and the world. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Once again, in your programs, you'll find music and lyrics for our closing song. And you'll hear as the choir leads this evening that, or you'll notice there are two sections. You'll hear the choir bringing those sections in throughout this, uh, this piece of music. You're very welcome and invited to join in with whichever part you feel led to sing um, as you hear it being sung by the choir. Would you please stand? <laughs> 